Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, I think that's it for me. I just like to have a bit of a challenge. I'm like, oh, I get, I do get bored very easily. I am one of these that can get a little bit bored and the same thing all the time. So, well, we're not going to keep you I much longer. Like just, just to say, we're only a few more minutes. If you can just <laughs> hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Get yourselves ready for another big fat injection of positivity. It is your weekly dose of running motivation. This is the Running With Jake podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lowe. Great to have you company. Another cracking show lined up for you today. We have an interesting guest today. We have a very interesting guest because normally we have people on the show where it's full of positivity and we often talk about achievements, great accomplishments, whether that's at a recreational level, whether that's at an Olympic level. Today, we are speaking to Charlotte taylor Green, a superb athlete who took part in the recent Olympic marathon trials at Kew Gardens in London, and she had to make the very brave smart decision to drop out of that race i'm going to be finding out about that today when we speak to her things don't always go to plan looking forward to catching up with her a little bit later on today but i do need to kick things off by making a very small i don't know if it's classed as an announcement but i would like to say a few words it sounds to me like an announcement what's happening pete producer of the show my friend happy belated birthday sir thank you <laughs> you you kept that quiet. You, we spoke briefly yesterday, and you just went, oh, yeah, yeah, birthday, birthday recently. It's like, what? Hang on, birthday? Like, it was my birthday recently. It was Martina, mm. Martina's birthday recently, my girlfriend. And you didn't say, oh, yeah, it's my birthday soon, like April 2nd. Why, why did why didn't you why do you keep that quiet? And if I'm honest, I've had 47 of them, and I'm, I'm going, that's enough now. I'm, I've stopped counting. I'm done. In fact, I had to do, a, I had to do actual maths to work out how old I was. Uh, and it turns out I'm 47, and um, and and I, I'm yeah. I mean, of course I enjoy my birthday. Of course I enjoy, it, but I'm not going to show off about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like everyone gets one. I'm not going to show off. I'm just going to keep quiet about it. I'm going to go about my business. I'm going to have a few little presents. I'm going to have a little Indian takeaway. I'm going to watch a film. I'm going to have a few beers. <laughs> Exactly. That's what everybody does during for their lockdown birthdays. They have an Indian takeaway. <laughs> That's do. what we had. Look what I've got you. It's a delivery. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, one thing that you did mention as well, very casually, after you mentioned that it was your birthday yesterday when we were speaking, you mentioned that your good lady, your wife Becky, bought you a bought you a sports voucher, a sports voucher for a sports shop. Now this is pretty magnificent news in my book because I, I'm going to in- include the listeners in this. We, collectively, have been trying for the best part of a year now to get you out of your Everlast shoes that are 20 years old and put yourself in a nice, beautiful pair of running shoes specifically for the job, the task at hand. This is good news. It is good news, yeah, absolutely. It's it's great and it's a, it's a wonderful present, very thoughtful, all the rest of it. Um, but I do have two issues. Issue number one is I have to go into a sports shop and the problem is with sports shops, as a 47-year-old man who's uh, uh, who's who's weighing too much, uh, I walk in there and it's just you're just surrounded by 18-year-old kids who are all thin. They're pointing you in this direction, in that direction, and it's like they're all young and they're all cool, and I'm just this middle-aged guy going, I just want some, I just want some shoes. I won't say that I won't say I want to run in them because <laughs> they're going to look at me and go, uh, "Are you sure?" 
Do you not, do you not want some boat shoes? <laughs> um, so that's 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 point number one. It's just the concept of going into a sports shop for the first time since I, since Olympus Sports back in 1985 when I bought a badminton racket. Um, so obviously that's that's the first issue. The second issue is, um, you know, the the, uh, the the nice new running shoes that I will that I will get. Um, they are replacing something that's become part of me. We share a DNA. Myself and the Everlast Jog 2s, you know, they're 20 years old. You think about, what was the oldest pair of shoes, the best pair of shoes you ever had? Think about the best pair of shoes you ever had. And you were pretty bonded to them, right? I bond to most of my shoes. I mean, I've had a lot of shoes. I mean, I, I, I a lot of shoes. And in fact, there's like a virtual graveyard on Strava where you can retire your shoes. So they, they mm. although you have to, you know, get rid of them, recycle them, dispose of them they're never fully gone that memory is there for life etched in time on Strava so you can always kind of reminisce over the great runs that you had yeah but you see your trainers you'll wear them you'll wear a great pair of shoes for what six months or something like that and you'll get bonded to them I've had those for 20 years you imagine how bonded that is that's 40 times as bonded as you've ever been to any shoes and you say that they're going to be recycled they're not all that's going to happen is they're going to go down the man ladder so they these will become my um, walking about shoes so I'll walk about them yes the sh- the sole on the left hand foot is is a little bit worn and then after that they'll become my work shoes and my gardening shoes so I'll be they'll, they'll be a for another 20 years there's no doubt about that but just in a different guise I, I think it's worth pointing out that this is not actually a joke <laughs> it's not, it's not a we joke. do speak about it's... your footwear your single pair your lonely pair of shoes that you use for running a lot on the show and people listening think oh you know he's talking about these Everlast 20 years old you know it's got to be he's hamming it up it's a bit of a joke it really is not a joke in fact yesterday on the phone yeah I said to you when why did you buy them in the first place and I remember because we used to work together uh, for a local radio station and uh, one of the presenters on the show you started playing badminton with him and that's why you bought the shoes, I remember. I remember I bought the them shoes. back then. Yeah, it was twenty. It was about. It was at least twenty years ago, possibly twenty-two years ago. You can do the maths. It was a long time ago, and, and I've worn them ever since. And you know the thing I love about the Everlast, and you talk about your carbon shoes and your this, that, and the other, blah, de, blah, de, blah. But I tell you that the great thing that I don't think any other shoe man, and I don't know because I've never worn any other shoes. But the only the great thing that I don't think any of your um, cool shoe manufacturers will have sussed out is that when you speed up with the Everlast. Your feet get cooler. I don't know how that works. I don't know how it works. Seriously. That's the holes on your left foot. That's what that is. That's nothing to do with the technology in the shoe. A 20-year-old Everlast boot. It might be. I don't know. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Charlotte, thank you for joining us on the show today. Good to speak to you. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. I've got to ask you, how are the legs? How are they doing? A few days now have passed since the Olympic trials. Oh, do you know what? My, my legs are incredible. Like, I went for a run yesterday and I was just like, well, that's it. When you don't finish <laughs> and you, you stop, bef- you know, before a certain time, your legs, they don't need much. I had two days off and, yeah, they're, they're good to go, so... That's amazing. I want to ask you about this. Obviously, we had a very brief catch-up, didn't we, before we were when yeah. we were agreeing a date that's convenient for you to have a chat on a podcast. Uh, and I was really amazed at how kind of your 
positivity really and how you you kind of almost seem to immediately reflect on the on the race look to the future it fired you up look for the positives and as we were saying when you don't complete the distance yes of course that's not what you had the intent you don't have the intention of that when you go into something like the olympic trials but the flip side is you can get going again you know there's, there's no injury yeah. there and, you, and you're feeling good tell me a bit about the experience of of Kew Gardens and the Olympic trials, obviously your first one. Are you fairly yeah. new to the marathon distance? I know you've achieved some amazing times, but have you yeah, done many like, of them? I mean, the marathon's where I started, like as a, you know, I ran for charity, you know, someone that went out a couple of times a week and I, I did a marathon. And then I um, joined Bristol West and ended up competing on the track. So up until 2018, then I was only running like between 800 metres to 3K. So then... I kind of had enough. I was going for a bit of a mental side of things. I didn't want to run anymore. So I kind of left track and then, as you do, entered a marathon. (laughs) So that's how I got back into it. So which was Dublin in 2019. And then obviously 2020, nothing, nothing happened in 2020. So Kew Gardens is kind of like the second, second proper one, if that makes sense. Well, what was your first time in the marathon? The first one you ever did? Can you remember? You must uh, Three hours 40. Wow, three hours forty. Which people listen to this are like, that's amazing. I just, I dream of going under four hours. Yeah, um, we're well, still uh, under four. Yeah, a lot of people, four hours is like sub four is is, is a big target. It's like so, a benchmark, isn't no, it? Yeah. In Dublin, which was the kind of the one that you really raced properly, wasn't it? That was the one yeah. where you were really gunning for it. Two hours. Yeah. Thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah. I mean, at that. Take me on that journey. I mean, how do you go from running the time that you started off at, which was a fair few years ago, wasn't it, I think? So, these, you know, marathons do take a long time to, to kind of learn and gain that experience. What made you kind of focus on the marathon? What is it you love about that? It's, it's, it's just one of those, it is a beast. It's kind of like, you can kind of, com- when you complete it in a, like, in a time you're kind of targeting for, like, that feeling is incredible. But you ultimately know it can chew you up and spit you out the other side as <laughs> I experienced this weekend so well on Friday so I think that's it it is a race that like it's nothing ever guaranteed and it, it, I think that's the nature of it it's a you know it's, it's a tough race it's that kind of it's a challenge and I think it's that challenge is what I like about it it's just sort of like that unknown you could get yourself fit but it takes more than being fit to run a very good marathon that's a great point isn't it it's not just the fitness yeah. it's a bit of luck yeah. involved as well the, the right timing is important on yeah, the day it needs to be your is. day mindset all that stuff what i find really interesting you know is i'm smiling because i've had this chat recently with somebody a friend of mine and we were talking about the balance between certainty and uncertainty so stay with me on this as runners we, we really kind of want to know that oh i'm going to achieve this and if i follow this plan and i'll do this and this will happen great that's the certainty when you have uncertainty, yes, it can bring about kind of feelings of anxiety and you know, what's going to happen, how's it going to go? But actually, with the right amount of uncertainty, that brings excitement because you don't really know how it's going to go. And, oh, this could be my day today, or it might not be. And if it's not, I'll, I'll learn from it. How did you deal with the experience of the trials? Because you stopped. When did you pull out of the race? What was the distance? Uh, to be honest, I ran up to mile 12. I was running like at a pace. And then I don't know why I carried on, but I think I felt at that point, I was like, oh, I've been invited to the trials. I can't drop out. I've got to finish. And I was actually, for me, I was then dropping to 6.20, 6.30 mile pace. I wasn't tired. I was just, I was in that limbo going, do do I carry on? Do I stop? And I, I just kept doing a few laps and I was like, oh, I might feel a bit better. And then I was like, what am I doing? Just, I'm not racing. I'm on my own. Like just, you know, and, and to be honest, like I think it was just after 12, 
when I tried to take another gel and that one comes straight back up. So I was just like, well, I'm not holding my nutrition. There's, there's just no point in finishing because you can do so much damage. Like, I didn't want to get out the other side, run something that I wouldn't be happy with and really have to recover from it. you got to live to fight another so, day sometimes, haven't you? Yeah. Which, which clearly you did. You know, pick and choose your races, yeah. Like, pick and choose your moments, you know. it's. But there, it was always going to be a gamble going into the trials. Like, I knew on paper how far back I was. Um to most of the other girls before you started um, be- before the race before Charlotte. I started yeah I mean you know most of them had done you know quite you know low, low 230s and I was at the other end and there was a few other girls that should have been closer to me but none of those girls made the start line so when I stood on that start line I was like okay wow this is this is literally going to be a solo time trial and I think that didn't help like you know when you're not feeling well you're running on your own you're kind of like well this this isn't a race this is not me I could do this at home on my own in training so yeah it's a whole mix of things really do you think it takes a certain degree of I'm trying to get into the headspace here do you think it takes a certain degree of combination of bravery and intelligence to make the decision to to pull out I mean this is an event that doesn't come around often it's the first time as you say I've been invited I can't you know I can't stop it's televised there's not many people in the race even though you knew going into it on paper you were more towards the back of the field how did you come to that conclusion look I need to stop was it an easy decision to make or did you find yourself almost fighting yourself in the race to keep going for about four miles it was was two laps I was like literally I was just like no don't drop out and I was literally just trying not to throw up and I was just like you know maybe just I'll take it easy for a couple of laps and if I feel all right I can start to pick it up I'm quite good at picking up pace and running negative splits I was like it won't be over but I just wasn't feeling better like the whole time I was just like even every time I took a sip of water it was just like no no so I was just like oh you know you felt you know because you so many people you know so many people invest in you in a way like you know everyone wants you to do well you kind of you're not you're doing it more than just for yourself as well a little bit and like I think the most fear is like you just don't want to disappoint other people. But ultimately, when it comes around to it, it is about your own health, like your mental side of things. It is about you. And I think anyone that's, you know, rooting for you, willing for you, will understand that as well. Like, you know, they don't look at it as a negative thing. They're just like, oh, my God, it's amazing. You gave it a try. You know, you got there. Like, so, yeah, I've had some really positive feedback from it, which is really nice. The mental side of it is so important. We, we, we speak about this a lot on the show, don't we? The mental side of training and, and, and in terms of motivation and choosing the right goals and things. But, you know, runners of all levels, Charlotte, I hear this quite a lot, that it is about them and it should be about them and their goals. That's what ultimately they're going to take forward. People can come and go. Hopefully they won't, but they can. And it's all about the memory you're creating, looking after yourself physically, mentally. But people feel like, not a debt, but they, they want to make other people proud and like coaches. And, you know, I hear it from some of my runners and, and family. And if people are raising money for a charity, oh, I don't want to let the charity down, you know, but surely the charity don't want individuals to go and get injured, break themselves in a race because they're hell bent on achieving a certain thing and raising money, you know. Who's your coach? James C. Was James there at the, at the, at the weekend yeah. on Friday? <laughs> yeah. So it did help because he was like, they had, um, he was on the microphone, like, you know, one side of the one side of the course and my husband passed me drinks on the other side and yeah I could could just like I think he could see that it wasn't it was quite nice because he could physically see I was just running around on my own so it was kind of like and I wasn't right I mean I ran past him and it's just like you know I think it's the lap four I dropped out and he literally said look there's been lots of dropouts like it's it's okay it's all right and I was like yeah it, it is fine like you don't have to put yourself in a big hole 
you know, because ultimately, you know, I want to be fighting fit now for the autumn. So it's nice having him there and him seeing like how the race is panning out and stuff as well. You know, so that that was good. How, how did that make you feel having the, that almost approval from James when it, when he yeah, said those nice. to I mean, you? Like, even, said your, to you. <laughs> even your coach, you know, they, and James knows me so well. We know that like at one point I walked away, I wasn't mentally great with running. And for me, I kind of know when something's happening or it's not. And I know when to stop now and when, you know, when to go for something. Like, I've been in the shape of my life sometimes. And mentally, if I'm not there, I won't go to that start line because I know it can set me back. So he knows me so well. Like, obviously, he's coached me through middle distance. So it's nice having him there. It, it, yeah, made me feel, like, much better. You need that bond, don't you, with, with your coach? I think it takes time yeah. to build relationships of, of any kind of, uh, in any way, really, in any area of life. But once you've got that bond, it's, I always say this, coaching is not just about go and do this. Runners aren't, aren't robots, right? You've done this training, no. now go and execute this. It's navigating the highs and lows and the bumps in the road because naturally they do they do appear. And, you know, not everybody's a full-time athlete as well. And I know you're a, you, you do personal training, don't you, at the, at the gym? In, is, that yeah. in, is that in Nailsy? In North Somerset. It's like literally 400 metres from my house, which is like really nice. Which is perfect. I'm sure people are going to be inspired in the area listening to the show, uh, listening to you. So we'll link the gym in the show notes page as well. So you yeah. can hit, hit Charlotte up for some personal training as well. But you mentioned the pace there and you, I think you said you dropped to kind of 6.20, 6.30. Just to put that into some kind of perspective, what was the target? By 2.36 is what, a six minute mile pace just inside. And in my head, I was like anything between like 5.50, 5.55 would have been about right you know just a few seconds quicker mile I was more than capable of running it but you you do need a race as well and ultimately like I went with there was another pace maker doing 76 flat through halfway and it was just that little bit inside 550 and so I was just like no this is just not going to work for me like I need to run and I was chipping off 550s consistently like until up you know 12 and then I think once I took that next gel and it come up I was like wow it's just not gonna so I thought just, you know, steady for me, 620s is like a steady pace. Like I can, you know, in my long runs leading into it, I was, you know, running 610s for 20, 22 miles easily. So I was like, oh, you know, just run steady, let your body, I thought maybe just let my body try and settle a little bit and then, and then try and pick up. And then I was just like, literally just, it doesn't want to do it. That's really yeah. helpful because it just put things in perspective. I think when people hear 620, 630s and, oh, you know, I was, I was dropping to that and people think, my gosh, I can't do that for, you know, 800 metres. That's an incredible pace. But when you say, well, actually, you know, Charlotte was looking at 550, 555 and then you saw that you were dropping slightly 620, 630s and you start to know it's all relative to what your target pace is and it is a difficult yeah. decision, obviously, to to make the call to, to drop out. And we, we spoke briefly, didn't we, as I mentioned earlier on, the phone and we were saying well you weren't doing it just to complete a marathon distance but if you're somebody that's doing the the run for the first time and you're in london or wherever and you just wanted to do it you probably would have just completed it to do it and get the medal and say i've run a marathon but that's that wasn't the goal for you no isn't that that's it i think once you get to that level and that's why before i never used to get like oh why do people just drop out and i completely get it like when you're trying to run a marathon fast it's completely different to you know get from one end to the other so and you kind of like the damage a marathon can do to your body as well like the recovery process after you know it's, it's quite a while like you know last time Dublin I didn't like when I finished Dublin I was right for a few weeks and actually I had a spell where I just didn't feel that great for a good four or five weeks so you kind of have to think you know it you're not you are damaging your body a little bit so it's, it just depends on how much damage you want to do to yourself you know do you save it for another day when your body's willing to accept that pace and you're feeling better and you know it's, it is harder for women especially so unfortunately we do you know 
like our menstrual cycles, it can really, it can really hinder. It can really hinder. And and it is putting unnecessary fatigue in the body potentially to to kind of carry on, press on. You're not really getting that much benefit from it. Probably having an adverse effect as well, kind of mentally. You know, yeah. um, potentially can kind of you know, has the risk to put people off running for a certain period of time. But you're able to return back a lot quicker. You're feeling fine. You look great on the camera here. You know, you're yeah. probably ready to smash things in the future. You mentioned the menstrual cycle, and clearly this is a big issue uh, for, for women that want yeah. to run, and, and especially <laughs> with they really want to maximise performance here and timing is crucial when it comes down to these you know races i'm sure you can't call up the olympic committee and say can we just um, can we just shift this uh, event can we just hang fire yeah. for me please yeah. until <laughs> i'm ready um, just tell me how did things work for you during the race in terms of what were the issues that you had you mentioned the menstrual cycle you um, mentioned yeah, the gels so and things like that what what led up to you stopping one of my side effects sometimes i get is nausea like i literally just feel like i'm gonna vomit like i feel lightheaded i just want to throw up so every time I took a gel, it was just coming back up. So I just literally, my nutrition, and I don't know whether I, for some reason, this time I had like a nine day cycle, which is really, really long. And obviously you get a little bit more dehydrated on that time of the month. And I was trying to drink a bit more and whether my hydration wasn't quite right. So, you know, that's why your stomach can play up a little bit. But yeah, for some reason, I just couldn't stomach the gel. It was like my stomach was just, I literally, I could just, every time it went down, it was coming back up. I just felt sick and that, I think the whole time I was just trying like you know I was just like oh I just want to be sick I want to be sick and that's not great when you're, when you're running a marathon it, it can affect like some months I've had my period and actually I run a PB and I run very very well and other months like I've actually have to take a few days off training because I can't get out of bed so that's the hardest part as well like it's really unknown which is why I went to that start line because I was like actually I could have had the race in my life or it's going to go the other way so I kind of knew the gamble but I'm glad I tried because you just don't know. And was that in your head or did you manage to park that on the starting line? I kind of got to the point now with like, with my, like, I know my body so well that I try not to think, I, I just forget about it. I know I'm like on, obviously, uh, but you, you know, you take it out the window knowing, you know, you've done the training, your body might be fine, you know. So, but I think when you do like sort of anything like 5K, 10K races, like I ran, you know, one of my 10K PBs, was, you know, that time of the month, and I did feel absolutely awful for that whole race but it's only 10k but the marathon feeling crap is oh sorry <laughs> the marathon feeling rubbish um oh crap's nothing story. no cra crap is nothing you've not been on the podcast before have you oh my gosh that's nothing no. that's nothing so should i should i not swear yeah so sometimes you just you just don't know and you i'm always going to take that gamble i will always try and but i've just learned that if it doesn't happen it, it's fine i just you know move on and next race so because you're in training you can engineer things can't you you've got more control over training yeah. you have a race so you you can play to your uh, strengths and, and weaknesses if you like you know what i mean in every sense in training you can adjust but yeah. obviously if a, if a race is a, on that day that's that's the race and and that's what it is i mean do you yeah. just kind of go well there's not a lot i can do here <sighs> let's see how it goes that's it i mean if it was like a 5k or a 10k you know, do you know what? I'm not feeling great. Actually, I won't go to that start line. There's another 10K next week. Like, it's a little bit different. But the hardest thing about a marathon is you just don't go, oh, do you know what? I'll run another one next week. I mean, I know there's people that do that. But, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to run a marathon hard, it's just it's physically it's not possible. So you just kind of have to accept it is what it is. I mean, if like, you know, you get to a major championship and, you know, for a woman, if you're on your cycle, you would just be like, if you've made the Olympics, you would just finish anyway. You would just probably slow up and run it as... You know, I've, I'm in the Olympics or whatever. I'll just run the best I can. But 
obviously when you're chasing times it's a it's a little bit harder what are some of the key takeaways then from from q gardens from the trials what do you think you you learned the things i guess the things that you feel you can control whether that's race execution training mindset what kind of leaps out at you next time around in america it's really hard because obviously because like it it was just kind of unfortunate unlucky if that makes it you know i know you know luck you do need a little bit of luck as well um i you know if i was in that time month again i went to another marathon i would still start that's it i I would start but you just kind of ready to be a bit more flexible but i think if i'd been in a bit more of a race where um you know there's people around me you've got distractions but i was on my own so you just all you think about is what's not going what not going right it must be so kind of almost a lonely place to be i mean i know from doing you know kind of local half marathons and you know the ones that are on the country lanes where you just find yourself kind of running on your own there's no spectators yeah. you're like am i even on the course still or i've taken a wrong turn here where is yeah. everybody you you obviously ran dublin did very very well in in that marathon distance yeah. is that your proudest moment charlotte have you you are there other things that kind of stand out for you not necessarily in a marathon distance by the way but just in in your running yeah i mean like even like when on the track you know i've medaled twice in the british championships over steeplechase you know and that's not everyone's going to get a british championship medal which is you know that's the same equivalent race but on the roads so my first 10k was close to 50 minutes you know, my 5K was about 22, 23 minutes. You know, I, I wasn't one of these that, you know, even had my first run at inside 20 minutes for a 5K. So I think it's just been, it's just been years of, you know, staying consistent. You know, we all have injuries and illness, which, you know, you get a few knockbacks, but it's about how you come out of the other side and keep moving forward. How do you get into steeplechase? I'm intrigued how people find this event. <laughs> Pete, have you seen the steeplechase? Do you know what the steeplechase is, right? Is that not a horse race? I, I, I believe it started as, as, a, as, a, as a horse event, I believe, historically speaking. I googled it. According to Wikipedia, the event originated in Ireland. They're kind of on horseback going from steeple to steeple, but they had to go through brooks and over obstacles, and then it kind of evolved, and, and then it became a track event. I'm sure there's, there's a big chunk I've missed yeah. out there. Too far on the track it's a tough event it is a hard event the super chase so um it yeah, looks I, I joined it. bristol and west so like and they were just like oh they were trying to get into like a uk women's national league and they didn't have anyone to do a steeplechase and I just told you I'm, I'm a bit like that and it's like oh that looks a bit different I'll, I'll give that a go and I literally that was just like oh no like I saw a hurdles coach he's like right run over some hurdles he's like oh you can hurdle and I was like yeah, this isn't too bad and literally that's just literally how I got into it you know it was just a little bit of um the club were just looking for a steeplechaser so. I, I, I can see it now pete once lockdown's over and I'm, I'm back up in the east midlands with your good self having pizza and drinking beer we'll be watching the winter olympics and we'll be like is that is that charlotte skiing is that downhill <laughs> skiing what? she's probably yeah. just decided to have a go they're probably short on on team members <laughs> like, i'll do it i'll do it i'll sign up my coach laughs at me because that's it like ultimately i'm like Oh, I can literally, in my mind, can be like, oh, actually, I just want to give that a go. And he's just like, oh, God, oh, God, here we go. Sort of like, I get, you know, I think that's it for me. I just like to have a bit of a challenge. I'm like, oh, I get, I do get bored very easily. I am one of these that can get a little bit bored and the same thing all the time. So, well, we're not going to keep you I much longer, like just, just to say. We're in a few more minutes. If you can just <laughs> hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. The, um, the steeplechase, it does look incredibly hard to me. And I think it's one of those strange events. I say strange, I mean unique, really, that not many people have the opportunity to kind of have a go at. I mean, I know there's a few kind of 
obstacle course well quite a lot of obstacle races now that people get involved in that's kind of like next level and a totally different thing but where you've got these pools of water and you're jumping over you know these um uh, the, the the wall which just looks incredibly high by the way i mean what what does it take to be a good steeple chaser is it just sheer grit and determination do you need a certain degree of strength oh, it's, it's a mix it's like you know it's 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 a really weird event so you kind of you need like your speed of a middle distance runner so like you're 8 15 you need to be quick you need to be strong because you've got to go over hurdles like it's it's quite a demanding event so you know it's a technical event as well so it's just having access to practice hurdling and the water jump it's it's a yeah it's a good event though you're just a sucker for punishment i can tell but the 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 fatigue (laughs) that you you must experience in that event and then jumping into the water climbing over the wall you've got the hurdles i mean recipe for disaster it's It's normally like it's about probably last 600 meters so your last two water jumps are always like oh please don't fall over like you kind of felt like your legs are really fatiguing like you know you get really tired so yeah i mean a few times after a steeplechase race i might my ankles will swell up a bit if i've landed a bit funny or yeah you just got to condition your body for it is yeah it's an interesting event (laughs) what do you what do you think you got from your experience of steeplechase that will help you in the marathon distance it gives you speed and that's it. Ultimately, whatever distance you run, you still need the speed. I mean, your speed is different. You know, as a marathon runner, you're like, right, I need 5K, 10K speed to make the marathon feel easy. You know, it's just whatever event. Like, if you're a 5K runner, you're like, right, I want to do the mark, you know, the 1500 meters, 800 meters, you know, 3K gives you speed for the 5K. And then you might go slightly over to give you the strength. So, you know, all the distances kind of help each other. And I think that's why, you know, look at some of the. Uh, top end marathon runners and they've come historically you know back from you know from younger they went to the track they've had the years of developing over you know middle distance and then you know they experiment by going up and yeah it's like that progression isn't it i guess over the over the distances yeah. over the years and these things you know can take yeah. a long long time it can be a long journey talking of track work you mentioned earlier uh, having a bit of a break from from the track and yeah. kind of I, I got that you needed some kind of mental space from from the track and and, and from running if i'm if i'm not mistaken can i ask you about that charlotte can, can, can i ask you what 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 happened in terms of having a break from running i think for me like when i first started running it was just fun like i turn up to races like can i win can i try you know and i just i never really thought about times or splits or and then like with the steeper chase i was chasing the commonwealth standard for the last commies and um yeah it was just it was getting really hard like i couldn't get in couldn't get in the right race to run times um i just felt stuck on this it's all i can experience like i was on a merry-go-round and i couldn't get off i just felt like i was in the same thing year in year out and actually i I wasn't really enjoying it it was kind of like i was like oh you're this kind of runner you need to do this this is you know i just yeah i just got myself in a bit of a mental state i think i went from being like a really average you know, runner, like, you know, I haven't come from, like, one of these, you know, juniors coming up through, but I caught up with people very quickly, and, you know, I was meddling in the national champs with a, only a couple of years running under my belt, and I think the development in my pace and my mental side was just so different, so I really struggled with that, that kind of, that top-end bubble, it's, it's very different, it's, it's, you know, you've mentally you've got to be ready for it, it's not quite the same as, you know, you turn up to a park run, it's not quite as friendly, it's not, you know, it's, it is a little bit different and I think yeah I struggle with that when you like work and stuff and then you know you turn up and you can't get in races and you see other people like swanning off all over the country all year you know they've got agents or can get in a race and they run a time yeah it's just I think for me it just didn't suit me mentally like it's I'm a bit more of a free spirit I do like to be like oh actually I'd like to just go do that and train for it and go do it and you know I love running PBs you know you like always want to be a little bit better 
But I think I like that little bit more freedom. It's like, oh, I feel like I want to do that or I want to do that rather than like, I want to do this over and over and over and over again. I really appreciate you sharing that, Charlotte. And and I think it must be tricky as well. Just, you know, you talk about that kind of step up from being a, you know, recreational runner, an average runner, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use, to then going to really kind of competing and that, that next step up. Is it almost like a level of seriousness that, that kind of yeah it occurs. is I mean and a lot of them you've got to remember like they've they've developed you know they've come through the junior ranks and it is their job it is it is who they are it is what they do and you know they they want to go to the Olympics there's only one way of going to the Olympics and that is you have to sacrifice everything where I'm quite someone I love to compete I love being competitive but if I want to grab a drink I want to go do this I want to, I I like that for me it's I want to be it's fit and healthy and run as well while being fit and healthy and rather having that sort of like all in for running if that makes sense which is fine like if you want to go to the olympics you know what it takes and if that's what you want you go get it but then some people like that little bit more balance where you know i just want to be competitive i want to love it and enjoy it but i want my job i want my career like it's, it's just finding that balance of what you're happy with it's ongoing isn't it because i i often say to people that what really motivated you one day might not motivate you the next day things change in life and what's really important oh, to all you the time. might not change i mean i know you work with uh, sorry might change and it might not be as important you work with obviously a lot of clients through your personal training you must deal with so many different people in terms of mindset and goals and yeah. people that put too much pressure on themselves you must see this easily yeah all the time and like, we're all guilty of it we're all bad at putting their own pressure you know you're like oh my god people are expecting this and ultimately it's probably ourselves putting their own pressure on um it's just us as human beings isn't it so <laughs> but yeah it's just Like, I do love running, but yeah, I do find it's just finding that balance. And I think for me, I haven't put myself in a British Championship now. This is the first time in like three years. And for me, just actually standing on that start line was like probably more that meant, even though I didn't, I didn't finish, but that was more because my body was just, you know, it wasn't my day. But I felt strong enough to stand on that line mentally. And for me, that's just like the biggest tick. I feel like now I I can stand on the start line of those girls now and I don't feel that I don't belong there. I do feel like I do, you know, I do belong there. I've just got that little bit more work to do to be able to like close that gap to be instead of like, oh, I have to go at this pace a few more years and I'll be able to go with that top pace. And I think that helped massively as well when you get into those kind of races. It just sounds so positive. I mean, how great to have this level of reflection and kind of intelligence to then use that to move forward. And we're only what, as we record this podcast, five days after the after the event it's, it's really weird not being upset about it because i knew it was kind of out of my control and i could beat myself up or just dust myself off and just go again so that's that's how i chose to look at it really where do you go from here charlotte what's 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 cracking off what's the big goal skiing are you changing sports <laughs> changing sports no, not horse riding <laughs> um i mean it's it's really hard because obviously 2020 didn't happen and there is, I, I, you know, I've always actually wanted to try ultras. That, that's, that's always been there. And it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of want to go a bit longer at some point. But I know I need a few more marathons under my belt. Because, you know, if I go run an ultra, again, you just, I want to go run an ultra as hard as I can. I don't want to go from one end to the other just to finish it. So um, there's that. And, you know, I know ultimately my 10k to half marathon needs a bit of work. So I think this year it just be kind of just, I think just getting back into racing. Because it's been so long of not properly racing. I need that grit back a little bit, you know, just getting in and not worrying about times, but just getting involved with people and 
just seeing what you can do on race day. So this year is going to be very fun. You're, 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 you're a free spirit. You're up for it. I think it's going to be awesome. I can see you smashing ultras in the future. You've still got uh, lots to gain in the marathon, I'm sure. No doubt. So it's going to yeah. be great to watch, uh, watch what happens. Uh, I really appreciate chatting to you today. If people want to keep up with you and obviously check up what you're up to in terms of your training, I know you put a lot of stuff on Instagram. What's your uh, Instagram account where people can follow you? Um, at Tattooed Athlete. Awesome. Fantastic. Charlotte, I, I know you get bored easily and we're probably about done now, <laughs> about ready to wrap up. I've just got, if you can oh, yeah, just... It's like, oh, squirrel. Just hang fire. Yeah. <laughs> Shiny object. Oh. <laughs> if you can just hang fire, one more question. Yeah, fine. One more question. Yeah. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. We ask every guest this question. What does the word motivation mean to you? Oh, motivation to me is just just getting up and seizing the day. Like, you know, that's it. Also, you know, just get out, enjoy life, seize the day. Just, yeah, go with the flow. Copy diem. Absolutely love it. Listen, your dog needs walking. Great to chat to you. I know. Thanks for staying awake. <laughs> Hopefully we didn't bore you too much. And when you do listen yeah, you back wouldn't. to this episode, by the way, you can just put it on two times speed. We don't mind. We won't be offended if you just want to get the show over with quickly. <laughs> two times speed is absolutely fine. Catch up soon, Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you. Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. If you're a regular listener to the show but you are yet to rate and review the podcast, then please just take a moment. If you're running, you can, you know, wait till you're finished. We don't need you to do it, like, right now, like this second, but just get it in your mind, get it in your mind. But when you've done, finished your run, chilling out, stretching, then you must go to the podcast app and just hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of your weekly dose of running motivation. That's our aim, to pick you up, fire you up every single week. And some more good news for us, announced recently or confirmed in England, April 12th. This mass detention is slowly being lifted. We will be able to go to the gym. We can work on our strength again. We will be able to go back swimming if you swim as well as run. This is very, very good news. And of course, Pete, you're very happy about this. I I know this from previous chats. We are able to have a cold beer in a pub oh. garden. But more importantly, more importantly than that, for most people, I think, is actually being able to get a haircut again. That is just like, oh man, need a haircut, need a haircut. Well, I was gagging for a haircut, if I'm honest with you, but I've given up, given up on the idea. You know, people say, oh, what's changed for you during lockdown? I'll tell you what's changed for me, okay? I, I'm, 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 I'd love to say that I'm not going to go to the pub anymore. That's wrong because I just love a beer from a pub. But um, I want to just continue to cut my own hair. Because I've realised that barbers, they charge way too much for what they do, man. Seriously, I can do it. I can do it. I, I bought some scissors, right? I bought two pairs of scissors for £3. Not a problem. Look at my hair. I look like a model. Look at me. Just look at that. Look at that did right you do, what You did that yourself? Because it's not like... No. It's not clippered. No. Like, mine's clippered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You... No, I did it yesterday. Did it yesterday in front of the mirror, in the bathroom. Um, I, the problem I've always had previously is um, round the back, because I can't do round the back myself properly. I just do round the front and round the sides. Um, but I managed to talk Becky into it, and she's um, she's round the back of me. I'm, 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 I took my clothes off because I hate... Um, I hate hair in my clothes you can't do that at the barbers always end up getting hair in my clothes Um, so I'm in the bathroom just stood there uh, butt naked in front of the mirror I'm doing the front and the sides and Becky's doing around the back absolutely perfect look at me look at me what a bobby dazzler what a what what a a horrible image you've just painted just to put you in the picture here Pete is not currently naked on zoom as I see him now he's not naked but he is doing some weird twirly thing it's you've not done a bad job to be fair but look I'm just going to wait until until 
the, the, the barber's open again, I can just book an appointment and just get it proper properly clean. You don't around. need to, mate. Just come round. We'll get naked in the bathroom. I'll do around the front. Becky can do around the back. It'll be fun. Seriously. Come on. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm not going to do that, if that's okay with you. I, I'm, I'm going to shelve that idea. You do come up with some great ideas. That is not one of them. Oh. Moving swiftly on, it's time for Hashtag Ask Jake. Let's take another one of your questions. Today's question comes from Sarah, who would like some advice on how she can feel better at the start of her run. It often takes her two or three miles before things start to loosen up and she starts to feel good. And she wants to know if I have any advice. Well, there's something that I believe strongly in, Sarah, that I apply in my own runs and i also advise a lot of my runners do and that is to head out for a brisk walk before you actually run now yes this can be difficult in terms of fitting it in making time for it we've all got busy lives but just by simply heading out from home in one direction if you're running from home of course uh walking for three minutes in one direction turning around and walking briskly back for three minutes so it's only six minutes then you can because you're back at home you can ditch a jacket or a top or a hoodie or whatever you're wearing to keep warm you've got your running kit on underneath obviously and then you can crack on with your run and i believe that will help you to feel a lot better it certainly works for me especially at the moment because so many of us are working from home we're desk bound we're effectively cold our muscles joints ligaments so by the time we get out there and start to run it can just take two or three miles for things to kind of loosen up so uh, by having a short but brisk walk beforehand that can just speed up that process give it a go and of course don't forget to let me know how you get on if you've got a question it's hashtag ask jake or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com <coughs> can you not <coughs> can you stop clearing your throat and pointing at me i know sorry no. i know i need to speak <laughs> oh yeah, sorry i know you're the producer of the show just go go just point again. Go now. speak, speak now. now it's the end of the show it's the end of the show it is the end of the show that brings us to a close another episode of the running with jake podcast we will be back here next wednesday that's wednesday with a what Get the date in your diary. That's when we release a full episode of the podcast. You can also listen to the quick hits, which is audio taken from my Facebook Lives. If you want to catch up on those, then just search the podcast app on your mobile phone. Have a great week of training. I'm off now to book a haircut. Not get naked with Pete in the bathroom. I'm definitely not going to do that. I'm going to book a traditional appointment with a barber. Yes, I am. Goodbye. It'll be fun. Oh, and one more thing. Fear holds you back, but belief propels you forward. 